You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Across the Romaverse. It's episode 93 as we are officially into July. The, the summer Mercato is officially open. Roma's made their first official signings. We saw Matic a couple weeks ago as a free. Uh, Miles Vilar, the backup keeper, has arrived from Benfica on a free as well. We'll see if uh, the future holds for him as Roma's heir apparent to Rui Patricio or if he's just a, a number two for his career. We'll see. And then uh, Selic arrives from Lille, the right back, who will... I guess work alongside Karsdorp, depending on what Mourinho sees the tactic. So guys, a couple signings, nothing big yet happening, but it is only July 5th or 6th rather now. So I guess we have to be a little bit patient. I guess we can't get too excited yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yes, the fan base though, and they're not, they're not satisfied and they're not going to be particularly patient, even though it's only five days of the window actually being open, but I think in terms of filling out the roster, it's been great work by Pinto and Co. so far. So um, I think I know we're all still waiting for that marquee signing, and obviously the Zaniello drama kind of takes away from the incoming um, players. But by and large, I'm pretty happy with what they've done so far. Yeah, I mean, I would also just add that my main goal for the season or the summer mercado, assuming that we don't sell Zaniolo, um, is to do what we've been doing already signing players who we see as either rotation with the chance to become future stars um, or players that we see as filling in depth roles that we desperately needed last season. Um, the biggest order of business for Pinto uh, is depth. And so far he's done a great job on that. And yeah, I, I'm optimistic about the Mercado as it's, as it's gone so far. Yeah, I think looking at the way the season progressed and some of the press conferences coming out from Mourinho about the lack of depth, we knew that depth was needed. Uh, Zvilar gives Patricio a legit number two option, it looks like, a guy who's got some Champions League experience and some starting experience and is still, I think, only 22 years old. So definitely has some potential there. Selic, 
much needed at right back. I mean, we saw Karsdorp get run into the ground as the season wore, and that was probably their their position of least depth just in terms of numbers, right? Ainsley Maitland, Maitland Niles did not pan out at all, not even as like a guy who could start against a bottom of the Sedia table type team. So definitely two big signings. We know Matic is brought in to fill in that midfield depth a little bit, a, a true DM. Is, is he the starter at DM? We don't know yet because there's still a lot of summer to play out. But uh, I think you're right, Jim. If Zaniolo doesn't move, I, I think that's the name of the game, right, is to, to buy depth and to clear out some of the dead weight and get that marquee midfielder. I think whether that's envisioned as Fratezzi by Pinto or it's Fratezzi and another, from everything I've read, it's going to be Fratezzi and another. Um, that looks like it'll happen at some point. It, I'm reading that Volpato could be the key. Um, hopefully structured in a way that is maybe similar to the way Fratezzi went over with a buyback clause of some sort or a sell-on percentage that'll give Roma the upper hand if they do want to negotiate to bring Volpato back if he pans out. But I think at that point, it's the name of the game. But the big news is Zaniola, right? Zaniola headlines are all over the place now. Now the Mercato is officially open. Apparently, his agent has a four-year or five-year deal at $4 million per season. Vigorelli lined up with Juventus. Apparently, he met with – not even apparently. It, it, there were pictures. He met with the Juve DS, K. Rubini, today. So how, what are your feelings about the way this is panning out so far? I'm going to be honest and say that I think that 95% of what's been going on in the media is smoke and mirrors and uh, about losing Zaniolo. I'm a big fan of Zaniolo's, but I'm not too worried about losing him just yet. I think that the main reason why I'm not too worried is that all of the sources that I see as not reliable, which is 95% of Italian soccer media support sources, um, are the ones saying that this is super far along. Meanwhile, people like Gianluca Di Marzio are saying, well, Juventus can only really buy Zaniolo if and when they sell the lit. Um, Juvent Roma has no intention of accepting exchange players. Roma has no intention of going, of giving Juventus a discount, things like that. So Zaniolo, by the nature of not being at the biggest club in Italy and being, in my opinion, the most exciting attacking prospect that Roma really has, that Italy really has right now, um, He's going to be in a lot of rumors every single Mercado. Like if you find this annoying and I find this annoying, like buckle up, regardless of whether he stays with Roma or not, like this is going to be his thing now that everyone's going to be trying to get it, get him. And it's only going to get worse when he has another season on a star level. Like this, this is him after like a relatively disappointing season. And if Roma, let's say, keep him this summer, sign him to a four year contract, at that four million fee, um, you can bet your boots that every single summer we're going to hear the same exact story. Summer and summer in, summer out, like it's going to happen. Um, yeah, as far as I go, I don't really think that there's too much of a cause for alarm just yet, though. I think that I want to see more from the sources that I view as very trustworthy before burning my Zaniolo jersey. <laughs> yeah, I think for me the key is what Jimmy was mentioning about how it's reportedly contingent on U of A selling Delict where, and if they do do that, you know, Chiellini's gone, um, Benici's not getting any younger, so they need to replace Delict somehow, some way, and the name linked is obviously Kulabali, but he's not going to come cheap, and um, so, you, you know, 
50 million for Zaniello. You would guess probably 50 million for Koulibaly. And I know that syncs perfectly with Delict's room and price of 100, 110 million, but is Chelsea really going to pay that when they can get Nathan Ake from Man City for 40, 50 million? Um, Kunde from Sevilla for probably 60, 70 million. Bayern's never been the club to um, throw that amount of money. Um, and they already brought in Sadio Mane. So um, where's that money for Dilek coming from? Um, you could see a club like City swooping in, but they already have good center back depth. So where who, who's going to buy Dilek for that figure? And if you are letting him go, replacing him with Daniel probably isn't your best move. Um, having said that, though, I think, I don't know, it, it does worry me that we're getting so much news so early on in the market um, because it gives it a lot of time to develop and in theory come to fruition. I'd feel a lot better if this was beginning of August. Um, you know, transfer rumors are kind of dying down a little bit because the market's wrapping up soon. But with the long summer to go, I think we're going to be in for a ride for the next couple months. Yeah, I think that is the worrying part is that it is only July 6th, right? And then it's starting to develop a bit. Yeah, at the moment, it doesn't look like Juve has the funds. Uh, the delict situation is going to have to play out first if they are going to come out with a cash offer. But if Chelsea comes swooping in and delict maybe decides, okay, I'll go to Chelsea instead of Bayern because apparently he's got his heart set on Bayern if he's going to move, but you're right. I mean, historically Bayern doesn't drop 85 million euros on a player, right? Especially when they're, they're pretty solid in the back to begin with. Saw a comment from their DS that they're, they're pretty happy with the talent they have in the back, but they, you know, they could always improve, you know, one of those things that leaves it open, but are they really going to drop 85 million and delict after buying money? I, I don't, I don't know. It depends maybe what Barcelona comes at them with for Lewandowski. Right. But then it's the, it's the reverse of what we're talking about with Juve. If Juve is bringing in a, forward to replace a defender why does Bayern want to bring in a defender to replace the best goal scorer in Europe right now if Barcelona can even come up with the funds which I don't know how they're doing that because they're practically bankrupt but it's everything's interconnected at this point and us as Romanisti have to sit back and kind of watch how everything plays out a little bit from the sidelines now but it's like you're wondering is Agnolo going to get really dragged into it even more so than maybe what the media is portraying it as now. Cause yeah, I agree. 95% of what you read in the media is nonsense. Like I saw as early as late as this morning, I think people saying, Oh yeah, you know, Mourinho wants Arthur and he'd be the key to the deal. And, and everything from DiMarzio and Sciara who are the, the more reliable sources for the most part, have said Roma does not want to, uh, you know, counter counterpart in return, a player in return, especially not Arthur, right? He's not a player that Mourinho would value. I don't know where the reports are saying that Mourinho would value Arthur. I mean, I, I think you'd have to say, okay, it's, we'll throw it's in insane. like... I'd have to take the season yeah. off, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, just so many of the players. Like, there was a time when we were... When they were saying, oh, they might throw in so-and-so, who was... The, and some Juventus guy on Twitter was like, oh, he was the second top scorer in the Austrian Bundesliga last <laughs> yeah. season. And he went to the New England Revolution. Like, I'm sorry. Some of these rumors are unserious and need to be treated yeah. as such. And also just to bring up an additional point, I'm just looking at the t top 50 most expensive association football transfers in, in history. It makes no, like, it would be practically unheard of for a defender to go for 100 million euros. I know how good DeLitt is. I know how young he is. I know what his potential might be. But to clarify, the most expensive defender ever was Harry Maguire going to Manchester United. 
in Huge a move that, that most people think was a stupid move. And that was for 87 million. Are you telling me that you really think that we, that, that Chelsea is going to drop 15 million more on the lit right now? Like that just doesn't make very much sense to me. Not with the options out there. No, no way. Yeah. Like who on, like that, that's what makes me almost more confident that this is not going to actually happen. It's like, Oh, well, this has to be contingent on that. And that has to be contingent on, there's so many contingencies that go between where we are now and Juventus having the money to sign Zaniolo that it's like, okay. I mean, like, sure. If, they get 100 million for Delit. Like, I'll be surprised, first of all. But second of all, well, then also, we know that when a club gets big money like that, oh, the price just went up 10 million euros. Yep. That's always yeah, how it goes. Exactly. So, so Roma's not going to be stupid and be like, oh, 50 million now, but we'll wait for you to get 100 million and then, and then the 50 million will work. No, if Tiago Pinto's half the D- GM that I think he is, he'll say, oh, you just got 100 million for Delit, 75 million euros for Zaniolo now. Like, that's how you negotiate when you find out that someone has a huge amount of money. You know that you can play play hardball with them. And I feel like that's well, always been done to Roma in the past where we've had to sell, like, Allison, right? Exactly. For financial fair play. So we want a guy who maybe was worth 25 or 30 because that's all we can afford, right? Because most of that money had to go to balance the books. And then you got clubs coming with, like, 40 for whoever player X is, right? So I, I wrote the piece yesterday on the site, which basically said – Roma can't play Juve's game in negotiations, right? Juve, we've seen it year in and year out where Juve is the, the bully of the Serie A market, so to speak, right? Where they're like, oh, you know, we'll trade you these two cards for, you know, your one super rare, I, I whatever. What, what is the, the one in uh, Pokemon when we were young, like Charizard, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Here's, yeah. here's like a Bulbasaur and something else and whatever names I could pull to my head from yeah. 20 years ago. A squirtle yeah at squirtle and here's like a a quarter for like a milk at at the lunch line and then you know you should be happy with it because we're giving you these these three things in exchange for your one and they've been doing that in city right they we've seen deals where they overinflate values of young players that go to genoa like 20 million 20 million euros for a keeper who yeah okay he's a decent keeper but is he worth 20 million euros probably not and and other players of that sort and then in the past couple years they've They've reeled in big players like he has a he has a wanted only Juve. Camiso said no. It took until the season started, and eventually they got their way. And it was a loan with obligation to buy or, or an option that was easily kicked in to buy Chiesa, right? And they they got him on kind of credit. And then now you look at Locatelli last season. Locatelli's on a two-year loan, and then I think eventually they have to pay like 35 or 40 million euros for him yeah. after this season. And he was the most highly regarded Italian midfielder on the market last season after Barella this a couple seasons ago. Right. So they've been doing that. And I've even seen, Oh, you know, it might turn into a deal where they give Roma $10 million or euros. I keep saying dollars, excuse me, but euros this season to get the loan deal over the top. And then there'll be some, maybe some incentives where it kicks in as an obligation next year for 40 Roma has to say, no, we want cash. Now we don't want Arthur. We don't want a good prospect as good as the prospect might be plus 30 million or whatever it is, or even a loan with option. You can't help Juve in the position they're in get better on the cheap for this year, where then they, maybe they can achieve more this year and then they have the cash next year. It also like, it reminds me of the idea of like the mystery box. It's like you can either have $300 or the mystery box. And who knows, maybe the mystery box has $300 in it. That's how I feel when people are like, hey, what if they throw in an 18-year-old who everyone says is going to be the next big thing for Zaniolo? Like, 
you do understand people need to understand that just because someone is a hype prospect, like we see this all the time with Roma players, mm-hmm. but there are incredibly hyped prospects who don't really turn into anything. Like Ricardo Calafiori, who I still think he's got a chance of becoming something, but like he was supposed to be like predestined to already be our left back and be our left back for the next decade. That is how sought after he was. That is how good people thought he was going to be. And he did not become that good yet. He could, but he's not that good yet. And it is so rare to both have a highly touted prospect like Zaniolo and have that prospect become even half the player that Zaniolo is on his best day that you shouldn't just be like, oh, well, if we take another teenager, we're just going to hit gold again. You're not going to hit gold again. Statistically speaking, you're not. And it just is frustrating to me that people think that sending it, like throwing in a prospect or two with less cash is the way forward with the Zaniolo transfer. Yeah, that's exactly it. We we got it right once with Saniolo. With Saniolo, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, that's not likely to happen again by any means. And if you're Jose Mourinho and you're as competitive as we all know he is, you see Juve adding Di Maria. You see them going to get Keza back from his ACL. Hopefully, you know, we all like to see him in the national team. Hopefully he ends up being as productive as he had been. Um, and then obviously Jose's mortal enemy, Paul Pogba, joined Juve. And you want to add Zaniolo to that as well. I don't see if I was if I were him, I would be going to Pinto's office and saying, do not sell him to Juve at any cost. Um, yeah. Now, if you had a if you had a if you had a club like Tottenham coming in with that kind of bid, okay, fine, let it be. But you see, if Mourinho is too competitive to, you know, strengthen a direct rival like that and we all know that he has his sights. So I think it's probably a non-starter, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, and I think the thing is, like, Juve is a direct rival right now. It's not the Juve of three seasons ago where they were head and shoulders above everybody else in the league. Juve is a direct rival for top four right now, right? If, if Juve gets Zaniolo away from Roma, Roma's weakened, and Juve is improved in, in, in addition to Di Maria and Pogba. And they got added Vlaovic in January, right? Now the yeah. defense maybe gets a little shakier. If Delict goes, then they have to figure out the defense. And from what I've read, Koulibaly does not want to go to Juventus. He had, you know, being loyal to Napoli, he would have to go out of, the, out of Italy from what I've read. Now, how true is that? I don't know, right? We don't know how much of this is true that comes out in the media unless the player directly says it himself. But I think that's the, the thing that, really makes me say Roma has to be stern at the negotiating tables. From what I read, the last report from DiMarzio, at the end there was a bold sentence that says Roma still does not see the player as being on the way out, but that could change if the if the right offer comes in. So it's basically at this point with Zaniolo, like you got to blow me away with an offer if we're going to let our 22, I think just maybe just turned 23-year-old. Just turned, yeah. Just turned, right? I think this past week or so, that was the birthday debacle on Instagram that we had to, to read all about for a whole day and a half uh, about not liking Tammy Abraham's posts. I mean, some people need to, to take a chill pill and stop looking so closely at players' Instagrams, I guess. But like you sell him for some people are saying, oh, they should sell him for 40, 40 million euros. I mean, Guedes is apparently costing, if you want to get him from Valencia, like 35 million. Why would you want to give up Zaniolo for 5 million more when you kind of know what you have already in the league, right? So yeah. I mean, so I many guess... people, yeah. I was yeah go ahead, Jim. So many people are looking at Zaniolo in a very shockingly, like, what have you done for me lately kind of way. They're saying, like, oh, he only scored two goals in the league last season. First of all, 
he scored a good number of goals in the conference league that that seems to be forgotten and it's not like the and although people make jokes about the conference league competition we were playing clubs that if i had said like oh that was a europa league opponent people would have been like yeah totally like we were not most of the time playing opponents where it was like totally out of left field especially as the as the competition progressed like the group stage yeah sure there were a lot of schmuck clubs in there but like we played fine nord we played Leicester City. We played clubs that if you had seen them in the latter stages of the Europa League, we would have been not surprised. Um, going further than that, people are just completely forgetting how electric Zaniolo was pre-injury. And the biggest thing for me is that I do not want to be in a situation. It was painful enough when Juventus signed Miralem Pjanic. He did not succeed there in the like in a individual way in the way that I think many of us anticipated he would um he's kind of had not as fantastic a career as I would have anticipated after he left Roma however that stunk I don't think people do people not remember how much that stunk uh, that Pjanic moved <laughs> yeah, to Juventus yeah. and as opposed to that like no offense to Pjanic who again fantastic in Rome he was older than Zaniolo he was an Italian and he wasn't going to be the star. Like, even if you take out the Italian part, there was a 0% chance that Miralem Pjanic was going to become a star for club and country for a country that really, really matters, right? Like, sorry to Bosnia, but no one cares as much about your national football team as they do about the Azuri. And you don't mortgage the future for a loan, like a 10 million euro loan and like 40 million later, maybe. Because I also, I don't trust, I don't trust any of these clubs financials right now. I really don't. And the fact that even Juventus is trying to like string us along for money. I, that sends red flags going. Like we're at the point where Bayern Munich is skeptical of Barcelona's ability to pay for anything. Like if Barcelona is having that trouble, I am very worried in a long-term sense about any club's ability to like pay a transfer. I want that money now. Yeah, I mean, um, from what I read, Bayern doesn't want installments for Lewandowski because they're worried that uh, Barcelona might be like financially insolvable in like two years, right? So yeah, Juve is, they're living <laughs> beyond their means, right? There's a reason why they can't pay what Roma wants if it's 50 million as the rumored price is. So put yourself in Tiago Pinto's shoes. If, you know, say the freak can say to you, you know, we don't really want to sell Zaniolo either, but if the right offer comes in, we might have to consider it because it might be too good to pass up. What, what to you is the point where Rumble would have to seriously consider um, if it was cash only, if Juve does sell Delict, say, and they get that cash, how much would you want in exchange for Zaniolo? 60 to 70. I think that's, that's probably my range it. too. That's yeah. my range too. Yeah. I think, you, I think you have to push for, for at least 60, right? If they want him bad enough, you have to push for 60. Now, if you're, say this was Roma negotiating for a player with two ACL injuries like Zaniolo has had. Oh, 15 million max. So that, that's, <laughs> that's the game that certainly has, if, if they ever sit down, if K Rubini ever sits down with Pinto, I think that's the game that's going to be played. Right. But if you want this player bad enough, I think Roma holds all the cards, especially because Zaniolo still has that two year contract left. And we were talking in the group chat and, and I think it was you, Brandon had said, I'd rather let him walk for free in two years than just give him to, Juve like a cut rate. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, as Jimmy was talking about with the Pjanic sale and, you know, we've seen teams across the league give their best players up to Juve and for pennies on the dollar, um, 
And so for me, get sending sending Zaniolo of all of all players to Juve is an, kind of a non-starter in my book. But I know it for me, it depends on what Zaniolo really wants. I think I don't know. He, he I don't want to be one of those people that follows his follows Instagram, mixed messages, things like that. But I think um he's playing both sides a little bit mm-hmm. from what I can tell. And uh, which is a little frustrating, but at the same time, it's hard. Well, I imagine I was, he wants a raise. Yeah, like, well, that's, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah. Like, are you like, aiming for a raise, which is fine, but at the same time, um, like, what's his salary right now? It cannot be that high. It ha- is I, would, it, I would guess two and a half. Like one, yeah, yeah it's got to be like two and a half because if you're taking four million from from Juve, that's not even like a huge number from Juve. Well, that's the other thing that blows my mind. Seeing that number thrown around is like Roma can pay that. For Zaniello's yeah. ability, they can pay that. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a number that's within their wage structure. The thing I think you have to think about is, is the is it going to be if you sign him to like a five-year contract, does his body hold up, I think, is the, the only question mark there. Because for a player, if his talent level, $4 million is not a lot in this day and age, even in Serie A, where the salaries tend to be lower than some other leagues, I, I think it's right there. And if he becomes as good of a player as you think he is, that, that becomes a bargain at one point. My hot take is that even if he becomes like a Stefan El Sharawi, like fantastic, but kind of Mr. Glass situation that it's still worth it to pay him 4 million a year. Um, the reason for that is that you're paying him that at such a young age that from ages 22 to 27, he'll be on or 23 to 28, he'll be on your books and worst case scenario, he gets injured a lot. Well, you have a slight hole in your salary, but would I rather be paying Zaniolo Four million a year for five years, or Diawara for for that like a sim- like a huge amount every year. Like, I'm way more concerned when Roma signs a player like a Javier Pastore who has the injury history and is older. Yeah. When you sign a player like Zaniolo, who had the tears, came back, was not injury prone at all this past season, you you sign to that contract. Like this, to a certain extent, this reminds me not to bring in an American sport, guys, but uh, this almost reminds me of the Aaron Judge contract negotiations that happened. Um, in this, except that Aaron Judge is older. Um, yeah. Aaron Judge is so much older. He's towards like, let's be honest, this whatever contract he gets next will be the last big contract of his career, most likely, which is why he's pushing so hard for a big deal. This will not be the last contract of Zaniolo's career. This will be a contract for a good amount of Zaniolo's peak, probably, but it won't be his last contract. So I don't think that you sh- that Tiago Pinto and co should really be that worried about paying him 4 million a year. It puts him in line with Tammy Abraham. It puts him in line with Lorenzo Pellegrini in terms of the wage scale, which is where he should be. Um, they are the three biggest names at Roma right now, other than Jose Mourinho. Um, and they should be compensated as such. Yeah. The yeah, thing that, that you wonder. Go, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say if you're paying El Shirari three and a half, I mean, come on, <laughs> you gotta get Zaniel up to four. Yeah, and the thing you have to wonder a little bit too is why did Roma wait so long to negotiate? Why are they waiting till the end of the summer? I don't, I don't know um, if maybe Pinto and Mourinho do see him as the player that could be expendable if the right offer comes in more than an Ibanez because maybe Mourinho values his defenders more. I don't know because I, I guess it, it goes for some of the other players too because I think. Cristante is waiting for an extension and and Mancini has been talked about, or that one just arrived, but um, it's interesting that they didn't lock him up sooner. It's kind of, and it reminds me of that judge situation. Like you were bringing up Jimmy, like 
the Yankees offered him huge money before the season, but now that it's in season and he said, I'm going to bet on myself for more money. I'm not going to in season and he won. He's, he's winning. Yeah. Not to go too far <laughs> off the, the Calcho rails. He's winning. So I don't know if there was something put out there by the team. Like we want to see what you can do. I don't know, but it, it certainly leaves the, the market open for a potential transfer that maybe one last, been closed. Yeah. one last comment I want to make on this too, is I saw a lot of people throughout the Romaverse uh, tweeting out like a little blurb that Totti gave recently about Zaniolo and saying, well, if Zaniolo leaves, we can replace him. I love Francesco Totti. I have three kits with his name on the back. He is an agent now. He is an agent and he is a non, he is a biased member of the Italian media just as much as anybody else is. And is he a legend? Is he always going to be a club legend? Of course. But at the same time, you got to remember his number one prospect, like the number one guy in his stable right now is Christian Volpato, who happens to play in the role that Zaniolo also plays in. And it probably would be better for Volpato if Zaniolo hit the road. There would be a much clearer path to Volpato becoming a big guy in Rome if Zaniolo wasn't there. I'm not saying that's the entire reason why he was saying it'd be fine if we lost Zaniolo. I am saying that as much as I love Totti, people need to apply a little extra grain of salt to the statements that he makes these days. He's an agent, just like anybody else, he's an agent. And you need, and until he's a director at the club, and even if he was a director at the club, he'd have a particular angle to whatever was in the news. Like, do you, do you read what Tiago Pinto says and say, oh, that's 100% the truth? No. So in any role, Totti needs to be taken with a grain of salt as much as we love him. And you wonder with Zaniolo, maybe what's going through his head, because you were saying he's kind of playing both sides, is he grew up a Juve fan from what I remember, like many young Italian players do. That's either Juve, Inter, AC Milan for the most part, because those are the big teams, right? That's like rooting for the Yankees or, or Red yeah. Sox or Dodgers in baseball here, or the Celtics and Lakers. Like these teams just have appeal for people around the country. So I wonder if part of him is like, well, my dream is to play for Juve. But on the other hand, like, Roma's done a lot for me, right? The fans love me for the most part, you know, and you, you have to wonder if there's that interior kind of like struggle with him, like internally, like, do I, do I want to go and alienate this fan base that's so passionate and pursue what was my dream or, or maybe not? Like, I, I wonder if what's going through his mind too, at this point, if money's just the issue, maybe Roma will eventually pay up. Yeah. I think that's a good point because often you'll see, athletes once they reach a certain level um of the game that they stop becoming fans so much of certain teams like we've seen uh i think kevin de bruyne was a was a liverpool fan growing up um obviously plays for their main rival now no love lost and you see that all the time with players so i wonder you know just how much of that actually is a factor and then at the same time like we've seen samielo kiss the badge on uh, more than one occasion, unless you're a complete psychopath, I don't know that you just do that. Uh, you know, casually <laughs> just for like just that. dramatic effect, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, um, especially with the fan bases, is um, you know, like Roma's, where they they are so passionate, and um, doing a gesture like that, you you have to have some feeling behind it. So I do think, even if there is, I think the Juventus fandom is probably overplayed a little bit, and you know, his heart probably is a little bit still in Rome, but similarly to, you know, that we've seen players before, they don't necessarily want to leave, but if they are getting shown the door, 
okay, well, at least it's going to Juve and not, you know, Tottenham for whatever reason. Let me just add that if you, if we take this to be true, and I, it definitely is looking at the stats, like most people, most people in Italy are Juventus fans first and foremost. Like it's just kind of, it's like the New York Yankees in the United States that if, if you're not the fan of your local club, you're a fan of Juve. And what I would add is if you want that to change as Roman management, you do not sell your most exciting Italian prospect to the club that already has such a built-in victory in terms of fans. The way that you develop more fans is by winning and by having iconic players. Roma was very lucky to have iconic players like Francesco Totti and Daniele De Rossi in the past. Lorenzo Pellegrini might be on his way to being like that. However, you can't just expect to coast on two guys like that when Juventus can pick up Vlaovic, Chiesa, players like that all the time. You got to say no sometimes. And I honestly do think Roma just needs to like put the foot down, pay Zaniolo what he wants, hope he doesn't tear his ACL again and keep riding because you can't keep on giving up players who have that type of potential. Yeah. I mean, Fiorentina fans have to be kicking themselves, right? They're two best players in the past two seasons to their biggest rival. Yeah, can't feel good no matter how much money you get for them. It's just like one after another. And I, I don't want to see Zanil go down that path either. It's almost like one of those things like like Brandon brought up, some of the Tottenham, somewhere else, right? Somewhere abroad, uh, if if it were to be possible, if he had to go. But I don't he's not on the market, which is what's a little bit different than maybe the Allison sale or the Salah sale where they were kind of forced out because Roma needed the money. And the, the last thing I want to bring up because we're gonna wrap up soon is it's so funny how in social media, how differently. Zaniol's being portrayed by people now like remember he was the bad boy of Italian football just like a month ago he didn't have the right mentality he got sent home from Italy camp because him and Zakani can't be there at the same time because his ex-girlfriend is now pregnant with Zakani's kid and blah 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 and now all of a sudden it's like he's got the justa mentalita like he's got the right Juve mentality he's perfect for Juve he's, he can be a winner he's Balotelli until Juve sign him yeah exactly so it's just it's just funny it's just I can't imagine how many more foul calls he'll get his way next season if he's wearing black and white rather than Jaloroso because it's it's just funny how these things work. Uh, they should bring back Ronaldo for the amount of uh, penalty calls Zaniolo is going to get if they get over there. <laughs> he'll just be loading up on the goal. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, so we'll keep an eye out on the, the rest of the Mercato. I know Solbakin was interviewed after Bodo's Champions League qualifier today saying there is interest from clubs like Roma, but at, at, you know, at least until January, he's a, he's a player for Bodo. So we'll see if that goes anywhere because he's been linked if Perez goes and Fratesi, hopefully the next couple of days we'll get some more clarity there. But I mean, guys, it's going to be hopefully a little more exciting week next week, hopefully some more concrete things for us to, to talk about and players maybe arriving, but I guess we'll close on this what is your level of alarm or what is the percentage you would put a potential Zaniolo sale at right now to close? You could do like a, out of a, a hundred scale, like a 50, 50 type thing. Or if you want to go like an alarm rate out of 10, where, where are you putting this right now in terms of him leaving? I'm going to go 50, 50. I'm not, I'm not as confident as Jimmy is that he, that he might stay, but um, I think it's still all smoke and mirrors for the time being. I'm putting it at around 30 to 35% that he leaves. Um, I think that it's still more likely that he stays. I think that he knows that he needs to push for a contract renegotiation. And this is the only way that players really have any power in this situation. Um, I also think that he probably wouldn't mind going to Juventus because let's be honest, who wouldn't mind going to a place where you could probably win the Champions League if you try hard enough. So I could see it happening. I don't think it's a 
non-factor, but I do think that it's more likely that he stays for at least the next season. I'm going to go closer to the 50-50 range that, that Brandon's going because, you know, the agent meeting with Juve worries me a little bit. I don't know how much they're going to push for it, but it is dependent on that cash from Delict, which gives me a little hope that it will, you know, not come to fruition. Maybe Roma gives him his raise and he sticks around long term, but we'll see. It's going to be interesting. So, guys, anything you want to leave the listeners with before we go? No? So, keep an eye on the site. We'll have any news updates there throughout the week and into the weekend, and then we'll be back next week to – to hopefully come with some uh, good news on Roma's part. 